0: Let's do it. Alright, okay. Hi Gia, welcome to She Said It. I am so so delighted to have you on board. And um, for our listeners, the next time someone makes you question the power of social media, feel free to use this example. So Gia and I haven't met. We've exchanged a few desperate attempts at my end to collaborate with respect to my writing. But I think in a matter of few weeks, we've grown quite comfortable enough to pick the phone, suggest ideas, collaborate, and send red hearts to each other. She was kind enough to let me in, and I have simply taken advantage of this generosity. Thank you, Jia, for being one of the smoothest transition enab- enablers on internet today, and uh, yay to a friendship that's developed in Instagram DMs.
1: Absolutely, thanks so much for having me, and uh, you know I couldn't agree with you more. I think there's so much that, um, I you know there's so much that uh, makes us angry or upset about the internet these days, but it's fostering connections like this that makes it all worthwhile so I'm really grateful for this too
0: yay Welcome to She It, a podcast channel that focuses on honest, spontaneous scripts. And while you figure out the oxymoron in that, let's get talking. Okay. So, um, I think one of the very similar things between your profile and my profile when people visit is that everyone wants to know what all you do. Because we tend to speak about, say, you speak about wellness, about freelancing, about travel, about care, everything. So can you tell us briefly in exactly what does Gia do?
1: Uh, Okay, so it's actually the toughest question I've ever had to answer. And it's one of those things that I get stumped when people tell me to write 150 words, um, you know, about what I do. Mm. Um, Simply put, I wanted to try and combine my passions for travel, writing and wellness. Mm. Um, And unfortunately, while writing is something that I love to do, um, you know, for the sake of writing, it doesn't pay very well in India. So I've tried to use... Um, I've tried to find ways to write for myself and to also do application-based work for writing. So to give you an instance, I run my blog, which is Wandering for Wellness, where for the most part, up until now, it's been posts that were written by me. But moving forward, it will become a platform for people like you and me to share their voices, their views, their... Um, experiences um, of slow travel, of experiences with microgreens, um, you know, different ways to sort of give back to the community um, and so on and so forth. And so that's sort of the plan in the offering. But in terms of making, um, so in terms of freelance projects, I have done in the last five years, everything from modeling for campaigns and um, shooting content for uh, you know, small wellness and cruelty-free brands to uh, doing small ad campaigns and even uh, doing website content and social media marketing and social media content and strategy for small and medium-sized businesses. Right. Um, and i keep telling people that i'm a content creator second (laughs) yeah i'm a writer or a freelance writer first because i feel like for me i think in words uh and when i (laughs) you know when i want to say some when i want to express something to somebody it's much easier for me to say it to type it or to speak it as opposed to sort of um you know as opposed to taking a photo or shooting a video so i think writing comes more naturally to me right right so
0: Yeah, that makes complete sense. So, uh, going by um what you just told us, uh, freelancing has been a part of your career charts since last five years, or has it been more?
1: Um yeah, so I think like I tried working full time for a couple of people when I finished, um, you know, when I came back from Australia when I finished college in. Uh, I think it was 2010 or 2011 mm-hmm. but I couldn't um I don't know what it was at the time or maybe it was just what you know the way my life was headed but I just I didn't feel fueled enough and I didn't feel like it was this whole nine to five was for me yeah and yeah, so, so everybody's um you know a lot of people discouraged me uh and they were like you're not going to be able to if you start off on your own you'll have many months where you'll make nothing and many months where you'll make a lot and you will be entirely and what you make will be entirely up to you. Mm-hmm. So depending on how much pitching you do and how much work you put in. Um, and honestly, like, so I think I've been freelancing since 2010 or 11.
0: Right. Um,
1: but I haven't, and there've been lots of like really stressful months, lots of really promising and fulfilling months, but I think I wouldn't have it any other way. I think today if I was offered like a full-time job that, you know in a beautiful country that paid me a lot more than what i'm making right now or what i was making pre-covid i still wouldn't yeah. <laughs> i still would think five times before taking it because i just feel like you have the you get to say yes and no to projects based on your value systems
0: you mm-hmm. get to
1: decide what time you work and you also get to you get to take on as much as you're able to take on right so i think that flexibility is extremely important
0: that is that is so important in (laughs) fact i started my freelancing like very recently as recent as May of this year um but one of the immediate hurdles which i notice is that i am experienced in terms of like writing for myself writing for the brands that i own writing for a few other people as well but um i think one of the questions that also come from the countless people who actually messaged on this is about the non, um, you know, like the non-traditional way when you go, how do you manage to get clients? Like, how do you go about fetching them? How active and passive is the process behind it?
1: Okay, yeah. So, I think it depends on what kind of freelance work you're doing. But if you're a freelance writer, for instance, or if you're someone that's good at creating... Um, content or doing strategy I think in the beginning at least it's really important for you to have um, you know a website or a platform or a space Mm -hmm. where potential clients can come and view your your work um, the areas that you're interested in um, what what kind of projects you'd like to work on and any previous projects that you might have worked on so in the past you might have had stuff like portfolio and you know other sort of um, websites where you could put all your like so for me as a freelance writer I put all of my magazine articles and like my digital um, mentions and bylines into that because that mm-hmm. helped me sort of build a base for myself and to figure out like what kind of clients I wanted to pitch to
0: right. um,
1: but I think when starting out in this like uh, almost scary new world I think it's really important um, at least in the beginning for you to pitch because you know um, i've realized that um, now more and more people are hoping to work from home and work remotely but in the beginning at least like um, unless you reached out it was very difficult for you to get work so the first few years i was I was sending emails out to people. I would try and reach out to editors of, you know, different magazines. I would try and go to like small business websites and try and look at their work and their ethos and philosophy and then try and reach out over a conversation or maybe even a cup of coffee or a cup of tea to see if there was any potential ways where I could sort of work with them. Mm-hmm. and. Um, and so, like not all of those 10 con like so out of 10 conversations maybe five would materialize but um i think it's i think it's definitely worth it because people then know that you're making an effort to um share a little bit about your journey a little bit about your work um you're serious about wanting to do work which is why you're pitching in this way um and i also feel like you know calling somebody up uh, after sending an email and after getting a time with them um, or maybe setting up a time to meet with somebody um, goes a long way uh, and I know we're not able to do that right now in 2020 but mm-hmm. I think up until last year I was so there were people lots of companies I was deeply inspired by and lots of founders and editors that I admired a lot and uh, sometimes it takes a lot of like it takes a lot out of you to get out of your comfort zone and make that
0: yeah that's that's one of my major yeah major contention points is that yeah
1: yeah but I think it's really really important and oftentimes like it's us holding ourselves back like sometimes even like you know whether it's editors or founders or directors of these really big companies they can be really um you know really welcoming um and they can be really open to receiving new ideas and finding different ways to collaborate so um you know while freelancing there's a lot of like there's a lot of learning because there are lots of really great experiences and a lot of really not so great experiences Mm -hmm. I personally feel like at least in the first few years when you're starting out pitching actively is really really important while keeping in mind that a lot of these guys work full-time jobs so we have to find a way to talk or meet when it's convenient for them
0: tell me think. something you Absolutely. mentioned um, about uh, sending out these emails and doing that active approach system but there are times when of course you reach a dead end because there is no revert from the other side right so how many yeah. times do you suggest like give me a number in terms of how many times do you think it's okay to follow up because beyond that it is creepy and harassment of some sort so like <laughs> okay, this is enough like
1: So if it's like an editor of a magazine or somebody I'm wanting to work with, I will either reach out to them on LinkedIn or send them an email Mm -hmm. and give them my coordinates if they'd like to talk on the phone or set up a time to call. And if within five days or seven days, like streak and a lot of these like apps and, um, you know, they allow you to sort of they tell you, like, it's been five days and no one's responded. You want to maybe send a gentle reminder. And so I think five to seven days is an okay-ish time to send just a gentle reminder. And if after that, they don't respond, then I just leave the ball in their court, honestly. Um, I think for email, it would be the first email one day, and then on day five or day seven, just a gentle reminder, checking in to see if you've received my email. And then after that, just leave it in their, on their, you know, the ball in their court. Right. Um, and I would never ordinarily unless mm. it's super urgent I would never message someone directly um, because uh, I've had that happen to me a few times and I get a bit worried as to where they got my number from yes, uh, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah and also a lot of people then ask me like where you get your where did you receive my number or who gave you my number and so that can get a bit like definitely Uh, not so comfortable so yes I would say email first and if it's like a brand new that is very active on social media then there's no harm in saying you know I'm reaching out to you here but I can also send you an email with more details perhaps
0: Mm -hmm. yeah okay um second aspect of freelancing is the services that you offer so now what happens is that i come from a background of commerce um then i moved to startups pr tech base marketing fashion and now i like to believe that i have a lot to offer but what happens is that um when you are offering your services especially because this is the first time i'm entering into service industry i've been into manufacturing for so long uh my problem is designing the menu on offer, right? So your Instagram description mm. has, say, 280 letters that you can, like, basically write in and jump in all the information about yourself. But then there are these mm. websites, right? Like Skillshare, Upskill, I think, some one like Fiverr, multiple of these websites where you can create your profile. How much, like, how do you suggest designing your service menu? Should it be wide or should it be, like, in-depth? like what what, how do you offer yourself because i'm sure you also come from a host of experiences right so uh should i you should you mention that you are a travel writer plus a care writer plus this plus this plus this or just go like okay these are the two three things that i do and that's about it
1: um so actually that's a really great question kanika were you talking specifically about putting this up on like a linkedin or an instagram or putting this as like a link on your website
0: both actually, because see, um, on my Instagram, for example, I put that I am the founder of a gnome, and then there are, yes. uh, then I do uh, recognize myself now as a lifestyle and a political writer, but I also write on gender or other stuff, right? And uh, how much and what you write is a very vast expanse. You Absolutely. can't club it and put everything in that 280 word description. At the same yeah. time, when you're creating your profiles on these formal websites which uh, say i'm a writer now there are these websites like even talent which is the sponsor for this for this podcast um they will tell you that okay what are the services that you're offering what is your specialization in writing as well but you might be writing a large array so how do you either you narrow it down or you go like okay all out and this is all that i do so which one is your preferred route So,
1: um, yeah, so I think for my website, um, I'm working on it again now, like sort of reworking my website as we speak. Mm -hmm. Uh, For my website, I'll have a more comprehensive page on services. So it'll talk and enlist like the different ways in which we could potentially collaborate and partner. So for individuals, for small business owners, for companies, um, and say like for travel and hospitality brands. Mm -hmm. So it'll talk about everything from, Um, freelance writing to website content to doing shoots for like you know shoots for small businesses uh, like ad films uh, social media strategy content strategy everything so you you have more space right on a website and so I'll just use that one page for services alone. But for Instagram, like mine is just talks about the three themes, which is travel, self-care and wellness for now. Mm-hmm. And um, within that, that I write and consult. And usually like I have to, ex- either I direct people to the website or I have to explain it to people when I talk to them on the phone. Right. Uh, or over a call. The other way, which I find extremely um interesting is that whether or not someone has a website or a blog, if you have like a link in bio or a Linktree link tree uh-huh. link um, on, on your website, which then has like your website or your blog is one, then other places where you've been published. So people get to see that, you know, you're not just self-publishing, but you're also publishing, being published in different places yeah. and you're by life. And then like other ways, so for instance, if you do like content for websites in the hospitality space, then maybe links to that as well. So this um, becomes like your Instagram bio becomes like a brief portfolio. And like your LinkedIn bio becomes a space for people to access like your blog but mm-hmm. also yeah, like your last five projects or the projects that you're most proud of or the projects that you're working on currently and so I feel like that might be able to give people a better idea and today earlier I think we started with um, Linktree or Lincoln bio, but now there are 10-20 different sort of yeah. <laughs> uh, you know providers providing the same thing and I think it's a great way for people to be able to plug in everything that they're doing because i don't know anyone who's doing just one thing as a freelancer yeah. like you said <laughs> yeah. um so i think that's really important yeah
0: yeah in fact every new day i think every day i just figure out some new company which has come up which helps you improve on your instagram or whatever and i'm just like and i'm a very slow person when it comes to like social media because i'm just like i'm going to take my time but um yeah. now all of these websites like as we discussed they ask about experience now the major chicken and egg problem that comes is that because you initially when you've not done a lot of work for other people you self-published or i'm talking with respect to writers majorly for example so uh, you know like i'm writing for myself my blog is out there i write for a few websites but uh, do they effectively pay at this point not really some of them do some of them don't and as you mentioned indians do not usually tend to pay much on content for some of your reason but what happens is that you can't gain that experience without uh, doing some work for free obviously but uh, when these websites ask for you for your experience you don't have anything in terms of number of years yes okay fine i've been writing since i was 12 but does that count not really Uh, so I can kind of face this whole chicken and egg problem again because, uh, you cannot get experience without work, and you cannot get work without experience. So I'm stuck there. Hmm. So yeah, okay, yeah.
1: So, you know, um, I personally feel like when we think of ourselves as freelance writers, we don't have to limit the, limit ourselves to one platform or to one way of working. So initially when I started out on my own and I wanted to do freelance writing because I thought I was very idealistic and I thought it would pay on my bills and I thought it would be really great and I thought... I would spend a lot more time pitching and writing and a lot less time chasing payments but yeah. over the years i realized that it was the opposite i was spending a lot more time chasing payments sending reminders sending invoices and it became really um it's the most like it's the most annoying part of the process because mm-hmm. no one wants to have reminders and at the end of the day the financial reward is not as great so I um, you know try to find ways to sort of break down my writing so within writing what are the different things that you can do so if you want to establish yourself as a writer you don't only have to write for a website or for a blog you can do content for for brands and there are many ways to do content for brands so you can mm-hmm. do content for brands for their ads and for their for their offline marketing like for hoardings and billboards and stuff like that mm-hmm. you can do content for ads for the kind of stuff that they if it's a big brand or what they might try, try and put on radio or television you can then work on content strategy um internal and external so you know what their content strategy should be um for their team
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, as well as for what they decide to put out um, you know uh, through various channels. You can also do um, social media management. So one of the biggest things that I realized over the years is that some of the most skilled social media managers or some of the smartest social media managers I've met mm-hmm. they're not super active on their personal profiles but they're handling like they and their teams are handling like 10 to 15 accounts and all you need to know is Basically, you know, you need to know exactly what each of your clients want. Hmm. You need to know how to stay consistent with your brand's theme, ideas, ethos, philosophy. And you need to know how to give, um, you know, how to present your information in a way that's relatable and accessible to your target audience. And so a lot of people I know may not have made a lot of money, say, writing for a magazine or for a newspaper. But they make up for it via other sources. So, you know, doing social media management is a really good way, creating content, even if you're not in charge of, um, you know, the visuals for the posts or the GIFs that go with the posts, just writing the content for these posts or brainstorming and coming up with the content with the team, right. you know, for the most on a monthly basis or a weekly basis um is actually a really good way and it does definitely pay a lot more than um you know um a per word assignment for like a magazine or for a website the other way to sort of approach this is to try and see like if there's a brand that you've been wanting to work with for a while or if there's a brand that's looking out for website designers and website writers so you have a separate team usually that does ui and ux and like the design mm-hmm. and you the designers usually hire a content writer right. so you can then you know sit down brainstorm with them and come up with the content for the static pages for the website and so that again um so a website will have anywhere from 8 to 20 pages and you don't usually get paid per word you usually get paid for the assignment or on a project to project basis. Um, So I feel like one for anyone listening to this, one shouldn't have to rely on one source alone. And I think one of the biggest things that comes with freelancing is that very often um, you have to try your hand at a few things to figure out which gives you the best, which gives you the best yield or which uh, gives you the most satisfaction and also like You know, which is the most viable option for you because at the end of the day, we all have the same hours and we all want to work and we also want to be rewarded for our work. And so for some, in some cases, like writing for a magazine might be great for the exposure, but it may not be great for the money. So you just have to figure out where to push more and where to pull back. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So I think for me in the first few years, I did a lot more of that, like a lot more of magazine writing. And now I do a lot more work for brands and for like, I have retainers with, um, smaller companies where I ideate, do strategy, um, do a lot of brainstorming sessions, figure out, um, you know, stuff for their campaigns. Um, and also like help figure out what goes on to their website, but also what makes, um, you know, a compelling story on a social media post.
0: Right, right, right. But, um, you know, having said that, um, at least when I was writing, say, for my brand, okay, um, a lot of people tend to not care about the content sometimes. But, yeah, I think India is definitely moving towards where content is kind of grasping more attention and which is so, so good for us. Um, Okay, so another question when you just, um, you were just talking about it is that when you calculate say like i calculated my experience in terms of okay i've done this and i've done that and these are number of months in yours that i've been working for right one of the major questions that comes uh immediately when you're starting out is your base rate or your slab rates right like how much do you charge um uh, i remember when i was i started creating the podcast as well i was just like okay so this is when i plan to monetize it and this but i don't know how much to charge right? Yeah. Um, similarly, with what is the per word price that I would charge for any publication where I'm writing uh, it for. Now, um, I am kind of always obviously confused about it because in my opinion, um, when you go onto these uh, websites or even these Facebook groups where content writers and uh, creators are a part of and people kind of post their queries, and okay, so this is the rate that I'm ready to give, or um, you know, this is the category of people that you know that you somewhere you can write better than the average person somewhere, right? I'm yes. just like I'm being a little um, pompous, if I may so say so, but like, no. yeah, like okay. sometimes you know, okay, okay, you maybe you do write better, but because you're starting out, your slab rate is literally the base rate, but you know, that that whole misbalance that okay, you if you're charging say two rupee a word at this point because that's the beginning rate but your content is worth six rupee in your head how do you balance Mm. that out like do you start from the base or you just behave okay this is the starting rate because this is the quality of content that i'm delivering on
1: yeah so uh you know um right now like traditional media is going through a lot of different changes but Mm in my experience kondanas india has usually paid people uh, a lot better than say other sort of magazine aggregators mm-hmm. and uh, quite often i found that the editor or the person reaching out to you commissioning an assignment to you mm-hmm. will tell you how much they will pay you per word and usually you either accept or you deny the project and so for me um in the beginning yes i did do a few articles for free and like that was maybe 10 years ago or 11 years ago and i'm not um i'm not sure I, i don't think any creative regardless of who you are or where you are in your field i don't think anyone should have to work for free to be honest um but i do think that some magazines and some um in some in some cases, people will encourage you to work for free for a little bit, so as to gain exposure. Um, that being said, I think that for me as well, like my rate has, um, you know, I have to mention in on in uh, interest of complete transparency, Kanika, like mm-hmm. this money bit out of the, all the freelancing things, this money bit is the one that I find most challenging because I feel like there are lots of things that crop up in your head when you're. Uh, trying to ask for what you think you deserve and yeah. while I'm very good with telling my friends uh, my fellow freelance friends what they should charge um, I'm not very good at accepting <laughs> or taking my own advice <laughs> well, good so uh,
0: yes me too. right yeah, and I yeah, think
1: yeah. it's so natural and it's so important for us to be honest about that so I still have trouble you know having the money conversation with clients but at the same time I feel that if you've got say a body of work for like which i don't know masses 10 years or six years or five years and somebody gives you an assignment that would ordinarily take you a day to finish or two days to finish i don't think you should charge like a pittance because it'll take you a day to finish i think you should charge for your time your effort and your experience and there will be lots of times when if you pitch to a client or if the client comes to you and they're like you know i thought you were much cheaper than this and A lot of times now I have been in a position to be like you know if you want cheaper please go elsewhere because Mm. I feel my work is worth more but this statement that just came out of my mouth right now wasn't a statement that I'd be able to utter with ease when I was starting out because I was relying on writing entirely um, and writing of different kinds and so very often like if a brand or somebody reached out to me and said this is all we can offer Back then, when even social media wasn't a big thing, I was taking on projects for a little less than what I thought that I, you know, Mm than the project was worth, or than I deserved. I think another way, it just came to my mind, um, but another way for us to sort of um, like, or two other really quick ways. ways for us to look out for each other and help a fellow freelancer is also to cross promote so a little bit of what you and I are doing right mm-hmm. now like me coming on to your podcast mm-hmm. today to be a guest and you you know publishing a post on mine this is a really good way for both our audiences to get to know each other and for like your audience to get to know me and my audience to get to know you. And I think if more of us did a lot more of that, um, it would help the people that are following us. So whether it's individuals, startup brand, founders, and so on and so forth, figure out what our strengths are, where they lie, and maybe find a way to reach out to us and to start that conversation. So I definitely think that's important. And also I would really want for freelancers to be able to be a little more open with each other on projects and also mm. how to charge so initially when i was starting out in this space um i would feel very uncomfortable asking people or broaching the subject of how much should i charge because i always felt like it was met with a lot of why should i tell you yes. um and it wasn't even at me it was just everybody um and then over the years i kind of reached a place where I was charging for my work um, whether it's content creation or otherwise and people would reach out to me and mm. I'd just be 100% transparent with how much I was making and because I genuinely believe in this world of freelancers like if you go in alone
0: mm-hmm. it
1: feels like a very scary daunting place where you have no help and I have, I have also had months where I've made almost no money um. in the beginning at least and now because of COVID of course mm-hmm. but I do believe that if we are able to be there for each other and if we're able to pick up the phone and call a fellow freelancer and say hey this is a gig I got do you think I should take this on how much do you think I should charge and to be able to have like an honest conversation like that or to be able to find people you can have honest conversations with I think these um these relationships and rapports that you build over time, they help us a long way because I feel like there's enough work for everyone. And yes. what you, you know, I feel like what is yours or what is mine or what is meant for you Definitely.
0: will not escape you. Yes, yes, yes. I so buy it. But, you know, it's such a tough conversation because I remember when I was just like in me, it was just barely a few months back and I was trying to figure out like, you know, how much do people charge? I actually had a closed door From almost like all segments, because and at the same time you are your own HR, you are your own NBD person, you're your own marketer. Like you have so many roles to take up. Initially, like when I was into manufacturing, you have your own set team for design, you have your own set team for manufacturing, you have someone taking care of your accounts. Here I'm doing literally everything. At the same time, also thinking about pricing yourself, which is anyways a very awkward thing, and I think I've specially seen that among women for some reason. Um, yeah it's so complicated and I wish like there were people I remember uh, speaking to Vijayata and um, you and I have not had that conversation yet but like I spoke to a few people and they were there but they also you know they sometimes also say it out of their own whims or experience because they've reached a certain spot yeah but is there someone who's readily happy to hold hands with you and tell you okay this is what you should do very very tough to find in this particular time in fact um, for the longest time like I've been that one woman army right like what happens is like as we as I just mentioned that you have to play all the roles as a freelancer in your respective career Um, how do you then scale up like how how do you plan to scale up your particular company I don't know if you operate under just Jia Singh or is there a separate company with which you operate how do you decide the scaling up process because I haven't been very lucky with um, say business partner in the past. Yeah. So I want to figure out that, okay, so do I keep people uh, who are other freelancers who I outsource the work to? Or is it that I need to build a team to grow my business?
1: Um, okay, so a couple of things. I've always... Um, I've always been told by my family, and I've always believed that uh, regardless of where we are in our lives or how much we worked or, you know, which country we were born in, Mm -hmm. we all have the same hours in a day. We sleep for eight, Mm -hmm. and we spend the next 16 working, sleeping, I mean, working, resting, eating, playing, doing whatever, right? Right, right? And so everybody else also has the same. So if you're looking at a space where you want... Um, so it depends on what you're after. If you want to have complete autonomy and complete control of each of your projects and every side of your project where you feel like you want to know when the money's coming in, how to pitch and all of that. Then in the beginning, even I did a lot of that where I did everything alone. I made my own content. I shot my own stuff. I um you know i was chasing mm-hmm. the people for payments and everything um until i realized that i was spending a lot more time doing a lot of this like admin yeah, work and yeah, a lot yeah, less yeah. creating and mm-hmm. uh, ideating yeah. and brainstorming and so i have to be 100 percent honest as well and tell you that while i've had a lot of wonderful wonderful Um, people that i've collaborated with whether it's photographers or fellow content creators or um you know and stuff like that um i've also done a lot of really lovely events where i've had um really nice people like really lovely people partnering with me where they were able to bring something to the event and i was able to bring something so we both sort of um you know chimed in and did something together where we co-created something but like with everything in life whether it's life relationships friendships um, family or whatever there are lots of situations where things do go south where things do go sour or where pretty early on you realize that this is something you don't want to continue doing and that's perfectly okay you don't have to be business partners with somebody to realize that this is a collaboration or a partnership that's not working out so like everyone else even I've had those and that's complete. I mean I don't know anybody who's not had those you know yeah (laughs) So I think, um, and as a result of that, I'm also a little bit more sort of, um, you know, when I do have a lot of work, I'm also the kind of, um, I I think I'm also the kind of person who would say, okay, it's fine. I'll I'll just work a little bit harder and I'll get all of this done myself because I don't want to have to sort of, you know, Mm -hmm. worry about bringing too many people to the situation. But um, it depends. So like in different situations, it's a little bit different. For the most part, I'm a one man army, but for like my photography, video editing, I have someone um, Mm -hmm. or like a few people that I work with across the board, depending on where I'm at, depending on which city or which country I'm in, what project it is and their niche and my niche. So like what the brand wants Mm -hmm. and what they are offering. and of course, like budgets and commercials. Um, similarly, uh, in terms of writing, I do all of the writing and editing myself. Um, I have had interns and I have had content writers work for me for small, short periods of time, yeah. um, but no one that's been there throughout. So they kind of come for like the summer holidays, or they'll come for three to six months, and then they kind of leave and move on and go to college or whatever. Um, but. For the most part, I'd say in terms of creation, I have a lot of help where I take on projects where, you know, I'm able to then work with photographers, videographers and creators and I can sort of pay them for their time and, you know, and their work and we can come up with something together. But for writing, I do it all on my own. Mm -hmm. And for my website, I have a team um, that manages, um, you know, the themes, the SEO, the comments and all of that other stuff. Um, and my Instagram, um, which is the channel that I'm most active on outside of my website, is something I handle entirely on my own.
0: Yeah, so I, even I agree. I think if if, if I had to like um, outsource one job is definitely the yeah. MBD part because that is also a little um, detrimental to your, you know, like to your spirits somewhere because yeah. hearing no's or not hearing back or uh the whole changing yeah. process is i think just great for romance but beyond that not really my thing so um,
1: absolutely absolutely
0: okay um i think let's move on to the rapid fire so you basically okay. have like two or three words to give me here um and they are majorly subjective questions like they are more instead of more technical they're the more subjective parts of it um should we begin
1: yeah, I'm nervous,
0: but sure. <laughs> okay. Uh three things every freelancer ought to have before they count themselves as ready to enter the world. In terms of freelancing, of course.
1: Mm, discipline. Hmm. Uh a steady uh you know, a sturdy desk or a nice workspace. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh Discipline, study, workspace, and the third one would potentially be um, resilience because sometimes you'll get turned down and you just have to get up and pick up the pieces and try again.
0: Oh my god, the number of times I've heard no recently—it's insane. I get you. Uh, two grave errors that you made in your career. Um,
1: one was not charging enough, right? Um, and I've done that more times than I can count. <laughs> And the other <laughs> and the other um would be this misconception that I had when I quit a full time job that made me think that when I work for myself and I work um, you know, when I work as a freelancer, it'll be more la di da and more easygoing because I don't think I've worked harder in my whole life. Yes. So um I don't think it's an error per se, but it's definitely a misconception one has when they leave their full time jobs to go freelance because mm-hmm it's super rewarding but it's a hell lo- it's a hell of a lot of more work when you're relying on yourself Got alone it. you know
0: yeah so two or three yeah. risks or losses that we all should be ready for once we enter freelancing
1: um interesting so i think f- one would be you might have to forgo social commitments mm-hmm. um from time to time because uh, assignments come in at random times i know this is a sentence but yeah uh the se- <laughs> The second would be, you would have waiting for payments to come in.
0: Right, right. Definitely. Yeah, that that I think because I've also heard from a lot of people where, especially with clients in India, where um, the chasing process is very, very tedious and most of them kind of turn into bad debts eventually. So I think, yeah, yeah, that is definitely true. Um, Okay, very quickly. um, Would you prefer working with younger brands or very, very established brands? like do you um,
1: I, I, I think if i had to choose i'd like to work with younger brands
0: yeah i agree i agree because i think they're much more experimental they're also Absolute. like open to the new ideas and not traditional in their ways okay um, yes yeah very important your take on freelancing post-covid and uh do you see it rising as an option or do you think um people are definitely at this point in time because there's so much uncertainty. They prefer if, of course, jobs it's not but much by but if they do get an option, would they prefer they should go for a safer option at this point, like post-COVID? What do you kind of, I don't know, predict?
1: Yeah, so this is obviously not a one-word answer for yes, me but yes. personally, I feel that uh, if anything, 2020 has made us realize that Uh, life is precious life is transient and a lot of us spend way too many hours um, you know on our commute back and forth from work so Mm -hmm. if there are people in the creative space especially who can offer them their skills and work remotely Mm -hmm. um, I think companies all over the world are hiring remote workers and I think there is no better time than now for us all to realize employers companies individuals Startup owners that you can work from your own home, um, or you can work. Uh, you don't have to show up to work every day. Like you show up on your, you know, you mm-hmm. you get your work done, but it's not important for you to sort of uh, check in at nine and check out at five. And so, I actually feel like freelancing, remote working is going to come up in a really big way because of two things. One is there's a sobering reminder that life is transient and life is precious and we don't know how long anybody has so I yeah. think from that standpoint people are going to value their life a lot more hmm. um you know going forward at least I hope we do yeah. and secondly I think we've all learned that when work needs to be done you know the danda on your head that you put mm-hmm. to get your work done we are doing it ourselves no one's doing it to us we're sitting in our homes and we're getting this work done so whether it's you and me taking out the time when you're in a different city and I'm in a different city to figure out this podcast, for Mm -hmm. instance, we're doing it, right? It's happening. You have to sit down at a cafe and do it. So similarly, like across the board for designers, graphic people, you know, UI, UX people, musicians, artists, writers, I think it's the same. I think it's this whole idea that, I mean, we can do it. And why shouldn't we?
0: Yeah. And I think, yeah, but like, at the I don't know, after 2020, everybody's got their own learnings. For mine, definitely has been just like, of course, life is so short. But making use of what you have as the best options right now. So if you have that skill set, which is not going to be taken away, use that, do it. And... I don't know commercialize it or not commercialize it some people like I personally don't derive my happiness from money but a lot of people do so commercial like do as you wish but definitely make use of what you have right now so yeah I agree When I see um, it definitely rising post-covid okay um, I don't know if you've heard of Rachel Hollis but she wrote this book it's called Girl Wash Your Face um she talks about not listening to social media posts that say take care, take yourself easy relax she basically is one of those writers who tells you like push yourself it's okay you don't need to calm down you don't need to um always forgive yourself and uh, you know get out of that laziness stop daydreaming and get on with it so uh, her basic crux has always been like work your- work on yourself every day and uh, do not fall into the trap of Taking yourself
1: easy. What's your take on this philosophy? Oh, this is going to be problematic. So mm-hmm. I, for the longest time, I've always believed like work is a part of your life. Mm-hmm. But creation isn't. So you can create without monetizing it. Like you can make art, you can make music, you can draw, you can write for yourself without necessarily calling it work. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I've always been very... um discerning and very sort of careful about this whole idea this ideology that hustle culture propagates that you know i'll sleep when i'm dead and there's no rest for the wicked and if you're not tired and yawning at the end of a long day um you know if you're not feeling burnt out then what's the point Mm i i cannot disagree with it more so i genuinely don't believe that um Someone said this once and I, if I find the quote, I'll tell you, but I genuinely don't believe that we were here to pay bills. Uh, We didn't come here to pay our bills and die. So I, (laughs) um, you know, I believe there's a lot more to life Mm -hmm. and work is a very small percentage of my life and you can love what you do and still be tired and you can love what you do and still want to rest. You can love what you do and still want to take a break. So I haven't read the book. But Mm -hmm. I have read a lot of like anti-hassle culture books and I genuinely believe that whether it's for your health, for your mental health, for your sanity, for your productivity levels, for just your body and your nervous system at large, for Mm -hmm. um, in order for you to be a better human being to yourself and those around you, it's really important for us to um, honor the work that we do, do the work and do it well, but not to make our life all about work because I feel like life is far too... Um, beautiful and multifaceted to be only about work
0: but is this a romantic notion it's I'm sorry I'm calling it romantic notion but as compared to Rachel Hollis yes it is so um, do you think this romanticizing of work and love and life uh, sometimes tends to get into the discipline of your work have you ever seen it hamper your work
1: um not really to be honest
0: no yeah so no. basically it works okay got it all yeah. right so yeah. um as a last question i would really like to know the um two things from you number one is there um any legalities that you would suggest freelancers definitely to go ahead with and uh, lastly your list of websites that will help people
1: Yeah, for sure. So I think in terms of legalities, uh, you know, um, as a freelancer, you will uh, invariably um, Mm -hmm. have situations where someone will try and take your work without giving you a byline, or someone will try and impersonate you on the internet, Mm -hmm. or somebody might pitch on behalf of you. And all of those things happen, you know, accounts get hacked, lots of stuff happens. So I feel like whether it's a lawyer friend, a friend in the family, or a lawyer you can trust, it's very important to have that on hand, somebody that you can trust. Um, Secondly, I think um, whatever service you're offering, uh, depending on the niche and depending on the service, is very uh, important especially in sports fitness food health and wellness to have mm-hmm. disclaimers in place everywhere that you're not an ex- that you're not an expert you're speaking from experience and even if someone is a doctor i think it's really important for disclaimers to be on uh, in place because there's a very di- big difference between sitting down with somebody and seeing somebody and consulting with them face to face. And for someone to take advice, you've sent on, uh, you know, you've posted on the internet just as is. Right. So I think um, it's very important for you to be able to tell somebody where you're coming from and that this is your personal experience and that for everything else, they should consult an expert or a doctor or, you know, just a, just um, especially in the health, wellness, food fitness spirituality space I feel um, you know um, and even like when it comes to like say if somebody's a travel writer mm. it's very important uh, as a responsible travel writer for you to then tell people um, you know um, that like put a disclaimer in place to suggest that either you were paid for this trip or this trip was gifted to you, or this trip was a holiday. Mm-hmm. So wherever possible, like, at least on my profile, wherever possible, if I'm tagging the place, um, it's a trip that I'm going on on commission. And if it's a holiday, which was most of last year, I don't really mention mm-hmm. anything, because <laughs> it's something I did on my own, on my, you know, and I mm-hmm. paid for it entirely. So I think that's extremely important. Um, that being said, I think when you're working, regardless of the size of client, uh, size of company, and regardless of how well you know the people that you're working with,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I say this with all the love in my heart, it's very important for two people or a company and an individual to have a contract in place today oh, okay. nothing, nothing should be done without a contract. Mm-hmm. so you know even if it's for a sum of five thousand rupees, um, you should have if not a long drawn contract, you should have an email acknowledgement.
0: Right, right. You know,
1: right. I think it's really, really important because there have been lots of situations where there's a slip in communication, and it's happened to me many times where someone said, But I never offered you this, or I never promised you this. And it happened earlier on, and mm. now um, I don't usually work without a contract. So I think in order for you to safeguard yourself and your work, it's very important to have contracts in place, and also for your contracts to say the scope of work very carefully. Um, I'm really grateful for this hour that you spent with me. No, um, so thank pleasure. you for inviting me Kanika and also for everyone listening. Um, please, please, please take yourself seriously. Mm. Uh, <laughs> please don't uh, sell yourself short and um, talk to people. You might get a few no's, but you know, you might, um, you might even be surprised by the way that some people respond to some of your questions. So I think it's just worth taking a chance. Um, And I'd also say, um, please diversify. There's no one way to freelance. So,
0: Hmm. you know, definitely. Yes, I think that's a great closure for the podcast. Yes, I don't need to say anything (laughs) else. All right. Thank you. Hello and welcome to She Said It. I'm very proud to announce our first collaborative partners for this episode. Talentilla. Talentilla is an exclusive network of top branding and marketing freelancers. They have over 500 plus experts as part of their amazing freelancing community. They ensure that Talentilla's freelancers work with clients who appreciate the value that an expert brings to the table, while also supporting freelancers throughout client servicing process and providing them with a the community to work and upskill with.